0: This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak.
1: Season's greetings once again from the Decibel Geek Podcast. Yeah, we're back and it is still Kissmas in July. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by Chris Sinzak and man... This has been awesome. This might be the best Kissmas in July ever.
2: I would hope so. I mean, we try to get better with it every year, don't
1: we? I mean, sure. We started out with uh, Bach and told yep. us all those great stories about early New York times when Kiss was just a couple of young, a group of young guys just trying to make it. And then we talked to Ken Barr, yep. who gave us a whole unique perspective behind the curtain into the world of Kiss. And last week, holy man, did we get a lot of great response for last week's episode.
2: Yeah, we did the uh, top ten Kiss guitar solos, or I did the non-A solos, you did the A solos. Yeah, you got two for the price of one, which is still free. You gotta love that. Yeah, a lot of good response on that one. And uh, before we get into this week's episode, I gotta do Geeks of the Week. Uh, everyone who shared it on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter. Alright, here we go, Geeks of the Week for this week. I Am Hoops, Joe Lascon, Cal Hens, Brad Kalmanson, David Alpazar, Brian Odermatt, Rees Lett, Andy Lafon, Chris Karam, Lee Maslin, Paul Stam, Jody Have Not of the Strangeways podcast. He has a new interview with Ken Barr also. Right on. Uh, Derek Novak, P.J. Brown, Stephen Langenbrunner, Matt Severson of the Paperback Rocker podcast, Brent Walter, Wally Norton, Billy Hardaway, Andrew Jacobs, Shane Aber, JTB's Groovy Record Room, Dennis Schoen, Heavy Rock, and Tony Espinufano, Darren Parkin, Joe Royland, Jeff Spector, Daryl Alber, Music, Mags, and Wax, Chuck Spear, Jeff Ludband, wow. Kiss Forever, D, Love Gun 21, and Tito Blackwell, breaking mm-hmm. news. Tito. Is that Tito that's king of the streets? Or is it Mr. Tito Blackwell? So that's Mr. Blackwell. So does that mean Tito, who's king of the streets, is Mr. Blackwell? Wow. Mind it equals all. blown. Wow. So yeah, it all comes together. It's a
1: Christmas miracle. That's a hell of a list right there. Them some of my favorite people in the whole entire yeah. world.
2: Thanks everybody who shared that on Twitter, on Facebook, and retweeted it on Twitter. And then if you want to get your name mentioned next week, just do the same thing for this episode. Let everybody know. Spread the word. This is how we build our audience. We have no advertising budget because we're broke. Right. And that's how people get to know about the show. Right. And I've actually got an extra geek of the week this week. and This kind of got missed over a couple
1: of weeks ago. Um, It was on the the Facebook page. And if you want to get involved in the conversation, you want to share with fellow minded folks as ourselves, that's the place to do it. And I saw an amazing picture a couple of weeks ago. And it kind of with everything going on with Christmas in July, it kind of got lost in the shuffle. But I got to mention it. Rory Osnes at the Milwaukee Summerfest. Wearing a Decibel Geek T-shirt. Oh yeah, I saw that. That Very was cool. cool. That is a, sounds like it was a good show. They had Joan Jet and the Blackhearts, Cheap Trick, Blackberry Smoke, and a bunch of other I'm stuff. Jealous. Yeah, he was Rory was down there, and he was wearing the he was sporting the Decibel Geek pride right there on his
2: chest. That's awesome. If you want to get your own Decibel Geek shirt, just go to decibelgeek.com and click on the store link, and that'll take you right to the store and get you a uh, official T-shirt. And if you get a cool picture, yeah, uh, we'll an post additional
1: it. Geek of the Week.
2: Yeah, there so you go. We'll make you famous. Thank you.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we'll try
2: or podcast famous. So, um, okay. This, so this week, should we share what how we wound up on this uh, sh- subject matter for the uh, for the this week? Sure. Why, why not? We'll just be on full disclosure.
1: Well, you know, it's, sometimes it's funny because. When it comes to scheduling things, you know, it's always up in the air with us. Very you much know, so. And sometimes something works for Chris but don't work for me. And we got to, you know, number one, we got to try guest. to make it work yeah. out for our guests as best as we can. Sometimes we go and actually get together with the guests and record it, and it don't show up. But <laughs> that's, that's a whole other story oh, to itself. There's a bonus but, track. But we had something special that we were trying to put together for this week's, you know, final Christmas in July episode.
2: Yeah, we were gonna, and we are still going to do it. it. Let's just say it's a special on a former Kiss guitar player, and I'm gonna leave it at that. And okay. it, but it's it's not Vinnie Vincent, but it's somebody no. else, and it's also someone who's a bit of a mystery. So well, um, I
1: think that pretty much gives it all away anyway. So you might as well just say we were trying to put together a Mark Saint John special right. because you know who's more en- enigmatic than Vinny Vincent. Mark Saint, John, Mark Saint John, you know. Yeah. So and we we tried to talk to some people weird. The plan was to make it like a double episode for today with like two different interviews
2: and Yeah, we got and one we, of
1: them. We got one of them. And I think we're probably going to release that on the YouTube page as well, an exclusive or something like that.
2: It depends on we have another guest who's very who knows? Let's just say he knows everything there is to know about Mark St. John, right? And he's going to come on, but we're going to have to record it next month. So we're going to save the other one. I want to see how much length we get on that one. This is very behind inside baseball. Yeah. But um, yeah, it depends on the length of the one we get. If if it may be two interviews, it may just be one, and the other one goes to YouTube. But we'll see either way. Okay. Well, either way, it'll, also it'll be interesting. Big big plans for the YouTube channel. Uh, we have a huge interview with someone related to the kiss and the to kiss in the video world. Yeah that's coming up. And yeah, we're thinking it'll about be doing something to really
1: special just for you. But YouTube. he also
2: worked with tons of other people, and if you've watched hard rock and metal videos in the 80s, you know this guy's work.
1: Chris Sinzak, you're such a tease. I know. You're just teasing everybody.
2: Well, that keeps people interested. Yeah, that's, so. it,
1: that's I'm interested today because I don't really truly know what's going on here. What have you got up your sleeve so, for the final week?
2: Yeah, so basically we... Wound up in a mad scramble because our guest, who's very close to Mark St. John, um, had to put off the interview. He's still willing to come on, but he was like, I just can't do it in July.
1: And we're totally understanding
2: that. Yeah, so I started you know, questioning the writers that we have and they gave some ideas for possible topics. And then
1: knowing you, you were probably yelling at them. Shaking, oh yeah. And shaking a uh, fist. At yeah. Them, saying, I rule with them. Give me some ideas here. People. I, I rule with an
2: iron fist. <laughs> Let me told me to, but uh, no, it's, uh, we kind of scrambled and then it was like, well, what if we do like a kiss grab bag and like have like listeners put it to
1: the people, right? Yeah.
2: Listeners suggest what we talk about. And uh, we got pretty good responses here.
1: Right on. Should be interesting. Sorry. I'm belching up this bush light.
2: Um, <laughs> it's, it's a tradition now. Yeah, and uh, but it was so. I, we got some good suggestions, and I thought we'd just kick back and kind of do a free form talk thing. This is a little okay. different than the pre planned thing we usually do. So, if you know, if this is your first episode, check out some of the others. This is not our <laughs> normal format. It might be a train wreck. Yeah, it's this is an experiment. So we'll sort just of. we'll just go through some of these, and we'll try to get through through as many of them as we can. And uh, okay. Because some of these are... Oh, well, before we get into it, we have to discuss... I mentioned earlier in the week that I was listening to a very spacey new album. Right. And we'll do a quick little um, recap of our thoughts on the new Ace Fraley Space Invader album because we got an an advanced link to listen to the whole album from (sighs) E1 Music. Thank you, E1 Music, for doing that. Yes,
1: it's good to be a part of the Decibel Geek podcast sometimes. So
2: we've been listening to it for the past week, and we're going to give our impressions. (laughs) stop for me. Yeah, and so... Well, Aaron already blew his cover on his thoughts on Facebook because he, yeah, he loves it. I love it. But I thought we'd go through each track. We're not going to play the tracks. I'm sorry. I don't want to lose our opportunity to possibly interview Ace right. down the road.
1: No, I wish we could play them for you because they're fantastic.
2: Most of them. Okay. I've got, we, we'll go through each one. And uh, So the title track is the track one, Space Invader. First off, I'd like to say the cover is freaking awesome.
1: I do like the I cover. I love the cover.
2: Painted by Ken Kelly. Yeah, who did Destroyer. Uh, Destroyer and Love Gun.
1: Love it. So uh, it's very cool.
2: Space Invaders, the title track. My thoughts on Space Invader musically, it's great. I think the the music is awesome. The lyrics, I don't know. Ace is doing a bit too much of the space thing, but I guess that's what he likes to do. Yeah, you write about what you know, right? Yeah, the lyrics I are, are leave a little bit to be desired, but musically it's great, and it's a hard rock and good opener, I think. Yeah, the music on the chorus is great, and I, and you can also tell from the beginning of the album that. He's gonna definitely do more soloing on this album that he does. That was a big complaint by yeah. a lot of people about Anomaly. Is where's the solos?
1: Right, and that's there. There can be nobody that complains about lack of guitar he made up solos on this one. album. This album is ripping full of them.
2: Somebody else that heard the an uh, advance copy mentioned on the internet that they they could hear in the chorus kind of a similar um, melody to Young and Wasted. Yeah. Because he you got Young and Wasted Space Invader. It's similar.
3: It's sort of similar. I don't think similar, Ace was even
2: thinking of Young and Wasted when he <laughs> wrote it. But,
3: but it is inter- as, as a Kiss hey, nerd, it's interesting to
2: think about. Don't
1: set off the Vinnie Vincent fans. Right.
2: Ace is ripping off Vinnie now. <laughs> but it, I like it. It's pretty good. Um, give me a feeling everyone's heard that one by now. That was right. uh, the first single released. It's a good fun rock and roll song. It, it is cool. I, I like it. The first time I heard it, I
1: cranked it up on the computer when it yeah. was when I first noticed it was out there and available. And I cranked it up. I said, "Hey, if this is the way it's going to sound, so far so good." But, you know what? Yeah. Even at that, as good as that song is, it's not the best one on the album.
2: Well, and I will say this at the outset, you know, Ace is talking about in the press materials for this that he wanted to get it out. Al- he wanted to go back and find what he did with the 78 solo album. I wish artists would stop doing that. Because you will never recapture what you had when you were in your 20s. It, it's not possible. But what if it
1: turns out some of these songs were songs that Ace had written a, long, a while back and never used? I don't think they're that used, old, though. I, don't, I, I mean, I think most Not even of, rehashed versions? I mean, Van Halen did it. It he, worked for them. They did,
2: them. and it sounded like the old stuff. But I don't, I don't really hear much of the 78 album when I listen to this album. That's not a, that's not a negative thing either. I just think this is Ace today, and this is how he sounds today. But I hear Fraley's Comet a lot in this album also. Yeah, I, I maybe hear,
3: a little bit. I hear
2: the 80s come right through in a lot of these tracks. especially. And give me a feeling, that sounds like it's something that easily could have been off yeah. of, like Trouble Walking oh, or for sure. Fraley's Comet. But I just, I just don't. if you're looking for the 78 solo album, I don't think you're going to find it here, but that doesn't make it a bad album. In
1: bits and pieces, I think.
2: If you stretch, you might hear a little thing but that uh, he'll never duplicate that album
1: right because uh, you know this is this is ace fraley sometimes you know on this album he stretches a little too far sometimes he stretches just enough right and sometimes he's just you know this is the song you expect from ace fraley so, so what, what's next on the lineup
2: is i want to hold you yeah, i like that i like this I one it's a lot a good song yeah this is uh and this is one that sounds like it easily could have been out of the 80s this is like you know because yeah. some people complain that and we were talking just a week ago about how we wished that some of those 80s demos that he had done, like um, audio video, Audio Video, Girl Can't Dance, yeah. Baby It's You, those. Back Into My Arms. Back Into My Arms. Oh, they would have been great. They had a lot Love of, there was a real fun, bouncy vibe to those songs. This song fits right in with that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think it's got that same feel to it. And I see where you're coming from with saying like
1: it's kind of got a Fraley's Comet feel. This song kind of has that to me, too. I, I could hear you know John Regan and Todd Howarth singing backups on this, and it mm-hmm. wouldn't be that far out of place yeah. off of the first Fraley's Comet it's album.
2: It's very 1980s, and that's, I like that. Because if, if you're a fan of Ace's solo material, I think you'll like this record. Yeah, for sure. So next up is Change.
1: I like it. I like it a lot.
2: Yeah, I know, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I like this a lot because this is him stretching you know, to do something a little different. And... It's in, the guitar playing is pretty inventive on this song. Really inventive. It's not, it's not your standard regular 4-4 thing that he usually does. Like, as much as I like Space Bear on the last album, it was pretty derivative of other stuff he's done. Right. This song is very different for, yeah. for what he usually does. Yeah, and it's, it works. it's
1: way out there. It's, I like, yeah. There's some stuff on this song that I don't think I've ever heard any guitar player make their guitars make that sound.
2: What I like is he does outside-the-box like song really, structure on the guitar playing. Right. It's, like, a, it's all weird, and you know,
1: I've never heard anything like it.
2: He definitely changed up the way he plays riffs on this record. Yeah. I mean, it's I think his anomaly was more straightforward. This is more of him trying to kind of spread his wings a little bit. I like this one a lot. So I, in my opinion, Space Invader, I'd give like maybe a 7 out of 10. I'd give Give Me a feeling a 6 out of 10. I'd give I Want to Hold You, I'd give a 9. And change, I would probably give like a... Maybe an eight.
1: Those are all pretty high scores. Pretty high scores. What about the next song? Okay. Toys. See, this is Here's where, where, I, Here's I, where was I have a scared. problem. I was scared about toys because I see that on the track listing before I ever get a chance to hear it, and the first thing I think is dolls. dolls. Yeah. You know, no, please, not another dolls. Please, no. But to hear it. What I think of this song, and I, I get the gist that already that you don't like it. We're the gonna li- the lyrics one. are goofy. Yeah, oh, man, I get the that. are horrible. But you know, it reminds it makes me think that if Ace fraley had not almost electrocuted himself that night in Florida, <laughs> if he wouldn't that have this had, song wouldn't have been if, if he wouldn't have had Shock Me to write for that, yeah, this would have been something he might have wrote back for that Love Gun album. Mm. I think this would have fit in there. It sounds like a kiss song to me. Other than the, maybe some of the lyrics. But, you know, you got to remember Ace back then Ace, a big party guy. That's kind of – this is a party well, song.
2: Well, Kiss was writing stuff like Plaster Caster, so right. it, it would have fit. Totally would have well, fit. Well, and, like, I, I quoted um – The
1: music even sounds like it would fit right on Love Gun to me.
2: Musically, it's not bad, but the lyrics are horrible on this song.
1: I just, I don't know. I don't. But if it was a Kiss song, you would have liked it. Mm, I can hear Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons singing backups on this. The whole "Toys for
2: Big Boys" line just really makes me. It's kind of cheesy, but I will say this: I posted some lyrics from one of the songs on this album on Facebook. Yeah, which got a lot of reaction because you know a lot of people haven't heard this yet, and somebody uh, pat francis who hosts a show called rock solid is a big kiss fan and he was just like those are some of the worst lyrics i've ever heard in my life and i was like yeah but this is also the guy that wrote torpedo girl right you're not if you're expecting shakespeare you're, you're barking up the wrong tree with ace fraley right i mean he writes very stream of consciousness lyrics whatever comes into his mind that's what he writes i mean if you're buying ace
1: fraley albums you're probably a kiss fan you know because that's where you got to introduce to him Kiss has had plenty of funny ass lyrics over the years that didn't make a lot of sense and kind of seem cheesy, but that's just the way it is. Danger yeah. you, danger me, oh. danger us.
2: Yeah, that's that, that song sucks.
1: So, you know, it's Kiss. This is to me, it it's a lot of it's just like a KISS album, you know. So these songs could fit in different eras of Kiss, I think. Mm. The next one is easily one of, it's it's balancing back and forth between whether it's my favorite on the album or not. But I love it, Immortal Pleasures.
2: I agree with you on this, and a lot of some of the reviews I've said they really pan this song. Like, really, they, like they they hate it. How could they hate this? song? I don't it's, think it's it's, it's bad so, at all.
1: It's maybe because it's it, this is one of them songs where it's a little bit different than what the normal Ace Frehley right. you'd expect. But it's so
2: good. But I want Ace to do different stuff than what you would expect. Because right. I it's like that's the point of doing another
1: record, isn't it? Sure, you know, to show a little something a little bit different. You know, and Ace Fraley on this whole album, he's you know, there's no doubt you're listening to a space ace album this on this.
2: But you know, it's it's still a little different. Is this the one that he dedicates to Rachel at the beginning? No. Think, or is that um, another one? Or that's, that's, that's past the Milky Way. One. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute.
1: Uh, so the next one in line then, I love immortal pleasures, this is another one I like, Inside the Vortex.
2: This one <laughs> This is it's funny. This is one that I liked at first and now the more I hear it the less I like it.
1: My favorite part about this song is the solo. But it's not the solo itself. It's the chords under the solo. Yeah. There's some kind of weird breakdown behind the solo. I mean this That's the best part of the song. This is a deep layered song. Yeah, where in that solo part it's like an entirely different song, but Mm -hmm. it fits. I mean, when this comes out and everybody goes out to Amazon, listen the, to those through chords. the Decibel Geek podcast. Of course, you got to really break down and listen to the solo in this song inside the Vortex. It's insane. I've never yeah. heard nothing like that before either.
2: That well, yeah, musically, the chords that are playing along during the solo part that might be the high point musically on the on the record. It's really it's, good. Yeah, it's something else, yeah. man.
1: It, it, you know, if pun intended. It, that, it's out of this world, man. It's really strange. <laughs> oh no, strange. you
2: quoted a Tommy song.
1: Oh
3: no,
2: <laughs> you're in trouble. Well, that's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. You know, I meant it's it's from outer space, man. So. <laughs> So the next one is What Every Girl Wants.
1: This is my favorite song on the is album. It? Yeah, well, maybe Immortal Pleasures. Well, maybe, I don't know. I love them all. But this, I think, <laughs> is my favorite. I just I love this song.
2: This is another one that sounds like it easily could have been a Fraley's Comet track to me. Yeah, or
1: even a little further than that. I think this is like a good quintessential Ace Fraley song. Mm-hmm. It could be anywhere along the line. It could have been on the 78 album, I think. It could have been something that Kiss had done and maybe off of Unmasked. You yeah, know, produce pop, produce slick and poppy right. style, but you know I
2: think this is well, just a great, awesome Ace Frehley song. That's another thing about this record that is that I like better than Anomaly. Anomaly had a bit of a like a harder, darker vibe to it than this one does. This one is more of Ace really embracing melody and yeah. and doing stuff that almost has a pop sound on, on some of the songs, and that's what I, I like about it. Because I warned you because I had heard it first, and then I then I, you got to hear it, and it's like, word of warning. This is definitely poppier than Anomaly, but then you you know you embraced it. it, too. I
1: love it. I think it's great. I think it's better than Anomaly, and I love Anomaly.
2: I like Anomaly, but I, I'm happy he didn't deliver Anomaly Part 2. Right. It's something different. It's, it's a wholly different album than that. Right. So, okay, so and I like, so whatever your girl wants is good. It's no, an up, up-tempo rocker. No Monique singing on this one. Yeah, there's no questioning if Daddy's seen an angel
3: on this
1: one. <laughs> Yikes. That alone makes it better than yeah. Anomaly. Oh, that's... All right. Um, after that... The past beautiful the love Way. song That's the one he dedicates to Rachel right. past the Milky Way. I like this. I played this for the wife. I said, you want to hear a beautiful ace fraley song?" She said, "Really?" I said, "Yeah,
2: <laughs> It's an ace Frehley power ballad." And
1: I played it for her, and she loved it. If my wife loves it, then you know there's yeah. something
2: about it. it.'s It's a pretty pretty song. I kind of like the fact that it's almost got a hippieish tone to it. you know it does. This it, is another one. It's like that's a sixties type era ballad or something. Yeah. It's,
1: it's different. This um, could have fit in the in the Malimo era, maybe. <laughs> yeah, the Muff Divers, The Muff Divers. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, I remember hearing
2: that that Molimo thing. If you haven't heard B.J. Kahuna's uh, Rock and or Roll podcast for first Kids time, Connections, I ever heard that, that malimo Wow, that's a. Although you can hear the guitar playing, you're like, "Yep, that's him." Yeah, but yeah, past the Milky Way is pretty cool. Um, I heard that Rachel actually helped write some of these songs. I'm not sure if that's one of them. Oh or yeah, uh, is yeah. that
1: is or is that the Jeanette Fraley yeah. thing? Yeah, he won't <laughs> shut up. So here, to write this line. That's, that's how you get your women, you know? Just give them a credit. It's nah, great.
2: Flashback to 1977, writing lyrics. Maybe I should turn around. Maybe I should stop. What should I write after that? How about write, maybe I should turn around. Okay, done. There you go. There's your songwriting credit, Jeanette. <laughs> um, okay, next is Reckless. Um, I reckless, hate this song.
1: It's cool. It's... When I listen to it, I can almost imagine, you know, Ace Frehley back in his hard partying days. You know, he's ba- they basically this is a story, and you get some of this on Anomaly, where some of, the, some of these Ace Frehley songs nowadays almost seem like they're a little more
2: for him. They're recovery songs.
1: Than they are for anybody yeah. else. It's good therapy for him right. to put that out there. Yeah. So he says, you know, I'm writing these songs about how crazy I was and how stupid it was and how right. reckless I was. And, you know, this is what I'm able to deliver now. It's a nice little reminder for yourself. I'll
2: give him an A for sentiment. Yeah. Or give him an F for, for delivery.
1: The solo is pretty rocking.
2: Uh, this song, oh. Yeah, if there's a real clunker on this album, I think this is the one. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I do not I don't like know. this song at all. It's still pretty good. <laughs> okay, so now we're on to the cover. This one's been much talked about, much hyped, much maligned by people. Some people love the idea of him doing this song. Some people hate it. Yeah, what do you I think of the
1: Joker? I wasn't so hot on the idea. At I don't first, like the song originally you know? at all. I mean, I like the song originally. I've I just heard Stevie it three Miller. billion times. Exactly. You yeah, know, he did change but it a bit. He, yeah, it's totally done in Ace style. You yeah. know, it doesn't remind me even too much of the original. You know, it's it's that. You know, he really put his own stamp on it a better song to cover. I don't know. There's probably a, million There's a lot of them more out that he should have picked
2: instead of this yeah. one.
1: could have been that could have been the spot for, you know, audio video or something, oh, yeah. you know.
2: Well, and baby it's you was a cover that he did in the 80s and that would have been cool to hear that again, but I this I don't know. This one's okay, but it's I liked
1: his cover on uh, of
2: uh, Fox on the Run. Yeah, Fox yeah, on that the Run. I liked that a lot better. A much better than this one. I yeah, mean, this so one if, So
1: if you're going cover tune versus cover tune, you got to give that one to Anomaly.
2: And Ace is playing around with uh, modern recording technique on this song he's using auto tune on his voice and there's some some interesting drum machine stuff going on in the yeah. background so i give him credit for trying but um it's actually not a it's this is one of those where like if i heard it at a party i'd kind of nod my head along with it right but it's not one i'm gonna seek out very often on my ipod i don't think no so okay so we're we're Wrapping up the album with yeah, the instrumental.
1: Our, our final track, the obligatory instrumental yeah. track that closes off an Ace Fraley album. And man, this is a great one, and too. It's called
2: Starship, but don't worry. He's not doing Nothing's <laughs> Gonna Stop Us Now. Or, <laughs> oh, we Built man. This City. Or, please don't cover those songs, yeah Of Ace. the million songs that yeah. we just talked about,
1: those two are not oh, in thank there. thank God. You know, but yeah, th- thank you for doing the Joker. Thank you. Thank you.
2: <laughs> I love the... Uh, if you don't... And it, if, if you ha- with those of you that haven't heard this yet, at the intro, you hear a transmission... And I, I don't know if it's the actual transmission it from is. NASA. It is. Well, it's when I think it's when John Glenn went up in into space and, and was orbiting the, the Earth, and he saw like these flashing lights around him. What is that? And not wondering what it is, and you hear him talking to Mission Control, and they're saying you need to just go the other way. Don't we already know about that? Wow. So yeah, it's like see? it's like an astronaut seeing something space related, you know, alien related. Right, and it's real. Yeah, and I that's saw the it, intro I to I the song. A program about that. Yeah, and if you've seen the movie The Right Stuff, they reenacted on that movie too. Yeah. So I, when I heard that, I was like, that's really cool. You know, I know Ace does lean a little bit heavily on the space thing, but of course he's probably thinking Kiss is going to do it, I might as well do it too. Sure. You, you know. know, if they're going to sell records on it, then I should do that's too. what
1: I appreciate about Ace Fraley, because he is one of those kind of guys that really believes in extraterrestrials. Sure. And isn't afraid to share his opinions of that. You know, mm-hmm. most people that see a UFO are scared to say yeah. something about it, you but know?
2: musically, this is one of the best instrumentals oh, he's man. done. Yeah, I mean, you put this right up there with "Fractured." Two, I love the last, you know, uh, the, the last one he did on uh, well, "The Fractured Quantum" on uh, "Anomaly." Yeah, that was and good I, too. I was telling Aaron before we got on mic. um Ace should really score movies. I mean, I he should do so. background music in movies because he's really talented at it. Sure, man. Can you imagine how much better a
1: soundtrack would be I with Ace really laying down some of these tracks? Yeah,
2: like you know, Starship or you know,
1: Fractured Mirror. That this this these things, they'd be cool to set those up. You know, and play them all of them in a row and lead right up to Starship. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned fantastic. that
2: somebody interviewed him recently and he mentioned that he somebody sent him a CD. Where they had segued all of the instrumentals together up to this record, yeah. And he's like, "I guess they'll have to add this one onto it too, right?" And um, but there's a real st- when he does instrumental songs, there's a real cinematic quality to those songs. You can yeah. almost get images in your head while you're listening sure. to them.
1: You know, it it gives you feelings, man. Yeah, it gives <laughs> me special, <laughs> special feelings. <laughs> That's the bush light talking. I love this album, but it's uh, it.
2: but so I mean, you know, I've given it a lot of listens over the past week, and really only one song was kind of really faded in interest to me and that was inside the vortex but it still has that musical thing yeah. underneath the solo that is awesome every it's time freaking amazing if it didn't have that though the song would definitely be lacking because when it goes to that you're like okay this song is much better because of that section
1: right yeah because you kind of get the feeling yeah because like, it does kind of it's r- almost like you go back into the song and it's like oh you know, yeah. because
2: I mean, not to take nothing away. From but the that section of songs, the song that is, that section is so it stands amazing. out. But that's not heard anything like that either. Well, they'll wow. give me a feeling I'm a little burned out on That's because I listened to the hell out of it when it first came out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but and maybe we're biased because we're both big ace fans. But, but I, th-
1: I think that makes us more qualified to judge. Right. Well, because if, if I look at it like this, yeah, I might be a little biased because I'm a space ace guy and I always have been. However, shouldn't that mean we expect a little bit more? From our guy, you know, that's my guy. That's Ace Fraley. That's my favorite dude. If you took away every album that I ever had, yeah. just leave me with the Ace
2: Fraley stuff. There's you know, no I'll second sighting. No, I'm just kidding. Some but, of it. Um, yeah. It's it's I think this is a good mix of past, present, and future for him. I think I, so too. I, and and I,
1: even more into the future. Yeah, because it's cause there's it's, stuff there's that he hasn't done before. Ever. This. Yeah. So there's stuff that, on that's on a here good thing. that nobody's ever done before, I think.
2: But if like if you're going if you're looking for the seventy eighth soul album, you're not gonna get it but that's not a bad thing. No, but if you're a fan of Ace Frehley,
1: you're definitely going to love this. Yeah, and you if know you what? like
2: his whole solo career, you'll enjoy it a lot. As a matter of fact, if the whole
1: entire world and all the crappy-ass radio stations out there would be a little more like the Decibel Geek podcast, they'd be spinning some of this, and I'm sure getting some great reaction off of people hearing it for the first time, not knowing exactly what it was, just saying, wow, that's a great song. What is so,
2: it? Ace Frehley? Ace what? So A through F, what do you give it? I give it an A. Give it an A. I give it an A. I'm going to give it a B plus just to be credible, but I want to give it an A. Yeah? Yeah. Then you should just give it an A. Just give it an A. An A for Ace. There you go. So that's our review of Space Invader, and why don't we take a break, and then we'll come back, and
0: we will answer your questions. Nice. And now, Deep Thoughts with Gene Simmons. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence two roads diverged in a road and I I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference Dollars and bitches, y'all. Dollars and bitches. Ow! Current rock news, rumors about your favorite bands, album release dates, and we won't mention our bowel movements. Much. Follow us on Twitter at DustableGeekPod. throw another log in the fireplace it's kissmas in july
1: all right kissmas in july rolls on for just a little while longer right here on the decibel geek podcast we're back for more winding it out in style today we're just what what are we doing what's
2: going on here uh, we put it to the <laughs> listeners this week and uh, decided to answer some questions. All right. So, like um, Dear Abby, right? Yeah. Dear Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, the, Why don't uh, people like me? Because you don't like Kiss. <laughs> so I basically put it on the uh, Facebook page, com slash decibel geek, and said, hey, we want some stuff to talk about Kiss related as we wrap up Kiss with us in July. This is the last week for this for this year um so thought well who better to hear from than you guys who listen to the show right so uh got quite a few and we're going to get through as many of these as we can we got some really
1: smart and funny listeners so this ought to be good and
2: some of these may go on too long so we're going to try to not be too long-winded at them because we want to get through a lot of these but um so first one joseph anthony polo the host of podcast rock city love that show he says hey guys i'd love to hear your opinion about the what is the most important thing kiss ever did for their career
1: the most important thing they ever did for their career,
2: Mego dolls. <laughs> Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park, of course. I would say God, it's kind of a cop out answer, but just uh, existing and the way
1: yeah. that, the way that they did it. I, I mean, would have to say too, just coming putting on a show no one's seen before. Exactly. Yeah, the, I think the most important thing they ever did was followed through on their. You know, on their mission to deliver something, like you said, that nobody's ever seen before to try to outdo their heroes and to really, you know, to become larger than life, you, you know? know, which they did. They became something like people had never seen before. And no matter the ridicule they got. And no matter how many times people told them what they were doing is stupid and didn't make any sense, they stuck to their guns. And and when it breaks on down to it, at the very end of the day, that's the most important thing. So commitment. Ever did. Yeah. Commitment to with, what? Spelled with a K, obviously. A K.
3: <laughs>
2: so, yeah, I'd say that. That's a good answer.
3: Commitment with a K. That's the answer. That's
2: what the most important thing they've ever done. Cause they, and they've never wavered. They've continued doing that Even through their whole career. Even to this day. Yeah. yeah. The, like Gene Simmons said, the... Last two things on Earth are going to be cockroaches and kiss, right? Um,
1: and commitment spelled with a K.
2: Kiss will be in there at fifty third lineup by that time, I'm sure. Yeah, so, so that's, <laughs> that's always going to be an interesting thing to see where that all ends up. All right, so Brent Walter he sent a bunch of things, so okay. we'll talk about uh, like talk about some uh, Kiss's opening bands that are memorable.
1: I think, you know, the one thing I've learned from talking to people and through doing this show that I think one of the most important bands that ever opened for Kiss was Judas Priest. And yeah. th- being the time that it was, you the know, Dynasty and, Tour. and how much of a, a, you know, rocket ship it was for Judas Priest to open for Kiss at that time, I don't think anybody ever benefited more. From opening for yeah, Kiss, than Judas Priest did.
2: Well, I, not well, Bon Jovi, possibly. Yeah, Bon Jovi. I although guess. they didn't really hit big till Desmond Child came in and wrote songs with them. Econoline Crush, Dog, <laughs> Caroline Spine. Yeah, i yeah. stick. Yeah, maybe that was Itzy. Yeah, you know, I'll both stick with Priest. Yeah. Um, although we saw, we ran into uh, Mark Slaughter at a comedy club recently, and I told him about how. His uh, seeing Slaughter opened for Kiss the first time I saw Kiss in 1990. Yeah. So, and he, you know, he had fond memories of that tour. Uh, Yeah, it was Slaughter. See at that time, I danger. Think danger. Was, oh, nice! Yeah. I think at that time it was kind of like
1: a good tie-in for Kiss to bring out Slaughter because very smart you're, move. You're already appealing to Kiss fans because the Slaughter connection. fans are Kiss fans because they're Vinnie Vincent fans, and there you go. You know, yeah. it all comes full circle. That's perfect. Another perfect band that benefited greatly well, yeah. from opening for Kiss.
2: Kiss was smart on that tour because like Forever was a hit, and that helped. But also they brought out bands that were kind of hot at the time. They brought out Slaughter, Winger opened some shows. Bray White. Bray White, Faster Pussycat. Yeah. All those bands were big deals at the time. You know, So they brought the younger people in to to become Kiss. Kiss has always been very shrewd at who they picked to open for them. Sure they have. Especially back in those 80s tours. They they, They paid attention to what was going on. Although they did have Nugent open a lot of shows for them too.
1: I guess you know they're trying to cash in as many tickets as possible. Nugent and Kiss—that's a good double. Let's bill. talk
2: Nugent and politics. No, okay, let's not do mind. that. Um, best stages. What are your favorite stages?
1: We got to save that for Nugent November. Oh god! No, I'm just kidding. Nug November. Nug November. Boy, if we were a radio station, man, I just how oh. to
2: sabotage your entire podcast. <laughs> Nug November. Nug November. All
1: right. What's the next question? Favorite stages. Um, geez, man, I got to go with. The one that you get when you open up Kiss Alive 2. Yeah, the Love Gun stage. Yeah, no doubt about it.
2: Yeah. I it's, yeah, that's that's kind of the It's burned the into my psyche, one.
1: you know, from looking at that oh. for so many years. I have kid. a
2: real connection to the revenge stage. I just I love the Statue of Liberty yeah, thing.
1: Yeah, that was pretty awesome oh. too because that was a time I mean, thank God for revenge because you know, a lot of times people back then, you know, as a kid they'd be like, Kiss oh man, forever, ha, <laughs> you know, they yeah. suck, they're no good, they're a bunch of pussies, you know, and, and give you hell about it and you, and then revenge came out and then that Statue of Liberty on stage mm-hmm. thing was that was totally kicking. Oh, I did like, like the... Look,
2: that's metal. Look at that. The you Sphinx know? thing was cool on the Hot in the Shade tour, too. Yeah. Like, we were fortunate during those years because they decided to go back to the big stage shows during right. that time. Yeah, because that was them showing that, you know... We can still do we're it. We're doing
1: this and we're doing that musically, but we're still kissed when you come see us live.
2: Although, I would, as much as Asylum was a bad look for them, that giant logo would have been cool to see in concert. Yeah. The, the lighted logo. Are you talking about Crazy K?
3: No, no, that's before that. This was uh, like in the shade, right?
2: Asylum and Crazy Nights, they had this massive lighted logo. Yeah. And, you know, now they just do it with an HD screen. Sure. But it's cool, but I want to see the real thing, the actual structure, you know. As much as the roadies hated carrying the damn thing in and out of the halls. I can imagine. Um, Best costumes. (sighs) Elder. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh-huh. I always
1: liked the Ace Frehley costume from The Elder. It's yeah. kind of cool, sleek with the lightning bolts and stuff.
2: Gene's chainmail one was kind of cool, but you, you yeah. know that it was not feasible to wear on stage. No. Because the th- thing probably weighed 100 pounds. And what was the deal with his ponytail on that? He just put his hair back in a ponytail. But it doesn't seem... It looked like George Washington. Yeah, or
1: something. it's really strange. I don't... That whole def- era, is Paul's purple m- headband. Yeah, definitely yeah. not the era of, uh, you know... Other than
2: Eric Carr, Eric Carr looked pretty cool. I'd say I think the Love Gun costumes are the best ones I had. Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue with them. They're all really good. I like some of the earlier stuff. I like
1: the ones with uh let's see. Like like Destroyer, you know, with the yeah. Rayleigh with the rings and and uh you know, those are pretty good too.
2: They're I don't know. And I like Jeans um the leather costume he had during Hotter Than Hell with the skull and crossbones on it. I thought yeah. that was really cool, too. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I Those like are my favorite. And then Creatures was creatures were cool costumes because Gene had a, like, a mix of everything on that yeah, costume. Yeah, Gene
1: Simmons' Creatures of the Night Era costume got, is the best. That's probably my favorite Gene Simmons Well, he's one. got
2: pieces of the Destroyer costume. He's got the boots from the Love Gun costume. He's got pieces of the Elder costume on that on that thing. So yeah. he had like a, a mishmash so of it's, stuff. It's the best of it all. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, That's cool. So that, the, yeah, those are some of our favorites. What about the big, like boulder one he wore? During, the Dynasty. The, yeah, I did Dynasty not know. <laughs> Some people are clamoring for them to wear the Dynasty costumes again. Uh, I agree with I Paul know. Stanley on that. I, those were way too much. Yeah. They're just it, overboard. They look right. like Disney characters or something. Yeah, I don't, big time. I mean, that was – Vegas or Remember yeah. Super Kiss, it you was, know, that's
1: that's how Super Kiss dresses.
2: I can see why people left in droves from the Army for that. Yeah. Because it was way overblown, you know. It's like
1: they were really cool looking, yeah. and then they all stepped then in the, the telephone ice-capades. booths, and then they <laughs> stepped out, and their Super Kiss, and yeah, Ice Capade stuff. Those big poofy
2: lions heads on his shoulders, yeah. Peter Chris, lame. Oh God, yeah, Peter's costume has maybe the worst Kiss costume of all time from that tour, and that's the one that you the Hall of right. Fame is displaying right now. Really? Yeah. That. I
1: suppose because it's doing the most, it, yeah. doing it to be assholes. Jerks. I'm sure. Um, Look how stupid these guys looked.
2: Favorite lineups.
1: Oh man, you know I gotta say originals, but I would have loved to have heard more out of Eric Carr and Ace Frehley and the band together. You know, yeah, I, we didn't get to hear. I, much I do believe of that if if Ace Fraley would have been able to stick around for one more album, and they would have gone back to their rock roots just like they did with Creatures of the Night. Mm-hmm. That would have maybe been the greatest album of all time if it went to kill them.
2: No, I'm totally happy with Creatures the way it is.
1: Well, of course you are. You're a Vinny Vincent guy. The Vinnie
2: Vincent Eric Carr lineup is an, am- an amazing lineup. Yeah, it is. But also another lineup we didn't get to hear enough from was the Ace Fraley Eric Singer lineup. Yeah, I agree with that. That would I would have loved really to have heard an album from that lineup. Shit yeah. That would've been great.
1: You let Ace Fraley play all his right. own parts on it. That could have been a great album. That's another thing about we talked about uh Space Invader earlier, yeah. all the snippets going on between Paul and Ace and all those guys, mm-hmm. the camps back and forth about them saying that Ace couldn't deliver the goods we'll anymore. We'll get to that
2: in another question here. Oh, yeah, okay. We're gonna address
1: that. Alright, so hold it inside. Yeah, for hold it inside a for a minute. Longer.
2: Yeah. <sighs> BJ okay. has a question about all right. that. Um okay, so yeah, that's ours. And then um let's see the new I haven't heard any of the new remasters that are on vinyl. Have you heard any of those? No. I I've just heard some stuff online that people have uploaded. Um, but then it's still digital. <laughs> if you love yeah, no. If you love it, great. I plan on buying a couple, but I'm not gonna go shell out money for a bunch of albums I already. Is own. it super expensive? Like, yeah, they're like thirty dollars a piece or something. Yeah. It's I'm not paying that for the for stuff I already have in like two and three versions. Right. I have children to feed. Um What happened to the new Kiss song Gene Claim they recorded this year? That's a very good question, and I have no idea. I don't know anything about that. He put a thing on Twitter with a picture of him in the studio with his feet up on the console and says we're recording like a a new anthem that rivals rock and roll all night. But Hmm. I think, if I remember right, though, this might be a song that they purposely recorded just for this football show that they're about to start doing. Ah, so
1: yeah, because just like the Ozzy show, you've got to have a theme song. I think just like Dog the Bony Hunter, you got to have Ozzy to do a theme song for it, it's you. It's nice
2: know? of Gene not to oversell it, calling it the next Rock and Roll All Night or something. That's ridiculous. Come on, Gene.
1: Well, I mean, to rival it, that's yeah. kind of saying that. It's, it's, it's going to be just as huge <sighs> as Rock and Roll All Night. No.
2: Um,. Okay, so Brent, we answered most of your questions.
1: We're Br- going to have to play this song every night for the rest of our oh careers God. for fear of rioting after the shows if we don't.
2: <laughs> Dave Nichols says, "What does the Kiss logo mean these days? It used to mean rock and roll, but now it means football and Hello Kitty. In twenty years, the logo will still be around, and it will be more famous than the b- and will it be more famous than the band behind it?
1: Wow." You know? It's
2: turned into a, a marketing tool more sure than a has. band logo.
1: It did that a long, long time Yeah, but that, yeah, that happened in the 70s. Yeah, as soon as it went on a lunchbox. Well, yeah, that was the end beginning dolls of the And you know? and
2: pinball machines. And,
1: and, you know, to be totally honest with you, and Kiss does catch a lot of shit for being so heavily marketed it's of a band. It's nothing new. Of a brand, of a more, more of a brand than, than it a is band. a band. Yeah. But you know what? If you had the rights to something like that, wouldn't you want to make as much money off it as you could?
2: I see both sides of it. You I mean, know, I do too. There's the integrity thing where it's like, wouldn't you want to protect the integrity of it? But you have to, you have to pay your bills. Sure, I mean. you do.
1: You and live in a big, nice house in a really expensive part of California, and people don't buy albums anymore. Exactly.
2: As you know, Sonic Boom and Monster came out; they didn't sell much at all. No, no a, album apparently sells. These apparently, day. people are buying Kiss Hello Kitty. They'll buy that stuff. That's
1: why they license it. It's at it. the hot topic. People are buying it. Well, if they weren't buying it, they wouldn't be. You know, no one would ever come to Kiss and said. Hey, we think, think it's a great idea to license Kiss to make it a Hello Kitty. Kiss wins either way. They're getting paid no yeah, matter what. Yeah, they get a guaranteed amount. But these people must know that it's going to sell, and it I does. I think so, yeah. And it
2: does. I mean, I don't care anything about Hello Kitty. No, but, I, mean, but I, know, I know zero about Hello Kitty. But I'm not going to bash anybody for buying that. I didn't think the Mego no. dolls were cool. I thought those were lame as hell, too. But Liar. You wanted to play with them. You're just
1: bitter because your parents didn't buy them for you. No. Same here.
2: I had the Psycho Circus figures. What? Yeah. I had the Ace one. used to have it on top of my computer monitor. Oh, yeah, uh, but you can't really pause it. And I do that. have Kiss Pez dispensers that I'm looking at right now up on the shelf. But um, I mean, that's the name,
1: but is it really insane? No. No. You they may look to, insane. Yeah, but they're not. Yeah, if you Rock's gotta, your
2: game, it's Kiss.
1: I borrowed those from a guy that his parents actually bought them for, I think his older brother, and he brought them to school, and I think I paid him. I rented them from him. To take them home and set them up while playing KISS albums, you know, and make them do their
2: thing. <laughs> I had a friend that had some, ironically, and he hated awesome. KISS, and he kept putting them in compromising positions with each other. Bastard. Yeah. That's it was, was kind of funny, actually. But um,
1: That doesn't d- answer the question at
2: all. <laughs> the KISS logo these days is more of a marketing tool than it is a band logo. Yeah. And that's the way Gene and Paul want it, and, it, and they're the ones who own it. So, But
1: in the end... Isn't everybody, isn't some kid that goes to the Hot Topic and buys an Ace Frehley Hello Kitty only <laughs> to go home and say, well, what is this? I love Hello Kitty, but what is Maybe this? Maybe they'll get introduced you to the music. And then say, well, somebody else says, well, that's Ace Frehley Hello Kitty. Well, Ace Frehley, what's that? Well, go look it up on, go to decibelgeek.com yeah. and go to the Amazon link and check it out. And next thing you know, you got young kids buying Space Invader going, this is amazing, this is amazing. I hope it works The world is a better place for
2: it. If Hello Kitty is going to save Kiss, then that's (laughs) kind of freaky. Who saved Kiss, Vinnie Vincent or (laughs) Hello Kitty? Hello Kitty. Kitty. That's the next question. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) On to the next question. Uh, John Lamoureux says, you've probably talked about this before. Maybe I haven't gotten to it yet, but I just finished Paul's book. and would be curious if you guys read it and what you thought of it. He did sell me on Why Peter and Ace Aren't in the Band. I didn't feel like he divulged much on Gene. Maybe that was on purpose. I'm sure. You have you know? read the book yet? I have not read the book yet. I've only read pieces of it so yeah, far. Yeah, I've just caught what clips they put online and there's, and
1: things that people are reacting yeah, to. I've, I'd like to I read I feel
2: it. like I've read it because so much reaction has come yeah, out to it.
1: Yeah, there's been so much talk about it. You almost get the gist of it.
2: Here's my Here's my thoughts on it. From what I've read, the little bits that I've read and the reviews that I've read, it sounds like Paul is a very damaged person that has had a lot of adversity in his life, did not grow up very well. And has fought very hard to get to where he is, and overcame a lot of obstacles. overcame a lot of obstacles. And I, my hat is completely off to him for that. At the same time, from what I've read and heard, he doesn't he doesn't have much uh, sensitivity to other people and their issues. Yeah, he's very quick to point a finger at somebody and then play the victim card himself. Right. And Peter Chris does that a lot in his book as I was well. Going to say and. From what I also heard, between Peter's book and Paul's book, you want to talk about two people who really hate each other? Those two hate each other. Yeah. Like, they don't spare each other at all in
1: those books. Peter couldn't even see the aura.
2: They just... Oh, God. Oh, God. Go listen to our Steve Cornell interview if you want to know the story behind that. That's a funny story. That's great. But Paul was a very self-involved person from day one. Sure. So is Gene. Although, I do like the fact that he doesn't spare Gene much in the book either. I mean, he... From what I hear, he actually does slam him quite a
1: bit. Right, especially for his lack of participation in the uh, 80s where where Paul's holding the album together or the band together. There was a lot of talk about that when the book came out. And
2: I don't blame him because, I mean, Gene was getting all these opportunities and tasting the fruit of other labor. And then Paul's like, I'm sitting there holding the bag, having to deal with this band that's not filling concert halls and not right. doing much. Yeah. And Paul was trying to get acting gigs at the same time, too. If you've read Kiss and Sell, you'll see uh-huh. he he ver- anything Gene has done, Paul has wanted to have. Right, himself. and
1: eventually would get some of that himself, getting yeah. his Beyond Broadway and all that good shit. So,
2: you know, it's I think there's a lot of jealousy issues and insecurity issues with Paul, but all four of them have these issues. Sure. I mean, if you take all four of those
1: books, they all do it. I mean, it's yeah. the same story from four different perspectives, and it's never my fault. No, of course it's, it can't be my fault. Yeah. My, I'm the reason why Kiss is the greatest band in the world. You know, That's right. the gist of the book. That's what they it's all four say. It's not me. It's them other three. You yeah. know, That's what every book says. And it cracks
2: but me up as fans get so bent out of shape over, well, Paul said this and didn't say that, and he's hypocritical, and then Ace didn't say this and he said that, and he's hypocritical. And I'm like, they're all just people. They're man. all four guys who put on clown makeup and play songs it's for not teeny not clown,
1: boppers. It's not clown makeup. It's Kabuki grease paint. makeup it's grease paint okay. and it's rock and roll but regardless
2: i mean Damn it. it's rock it's a rock and roll band they're not they're not uh psychiatrists they're humans that have Issues. Everyone sure. has them. They're, yeah. they're human. Bi- the thing is,
1: though, their issues are just a lot bigger because they've got you they know, were more portray- money. Well, and they, they were portrayed. A
2: lot of us that grew up on them, they were like our heroes. They were sure. superheroes. Right. We looked at them as infallible. And now you're hearing all this dirt, and you're like, oh my god, what's wrong? You know, that's right. That's so like it's harder it's to hear like from the them.
1: same reaction. Like here recently, where people are getting upset about Thor being re- re- revamped as a woman. You know, that's like what? you know, yeah, you haven't heard about that. Marvel Thor is going to be a woman. Marvel Comics is revamping Thor to be a woman and people are really upset about this and think it's stupid. But again, that's a fictional character. And in a lot of ways, the demon, the catman, the star child and the space ace were kind of fictional characters. Too, well, yeah. You know, so don't get too bent out of shape about what they're saying because you know what? At the end of the day, they may be the hottest band in the world, but they're still just a band and they're still
2: just Four
1: dudes or, you know, four how, guys. how that, many ever you really want to count in the equation. Yeah, it's they, a
2: bunch of guys. They all went to school. They've all done things they regret. They've all made mistakes. But it's harder to hear. It's harder for KISS fans, I think, to deal with some of this stuff because these are people you looked up to as they could do no wrong when you right. were a kid. So it's very it's almost heartbreaking to hear some of this. And, stuff. of
1: course, there's going to be contradictions in their stories because, sure. you know what, they're human beings. And a lot of
2: money came in and a lot of money changed people.
1: They kick a lot of ass. They There's play a lot of really good rock and roll. They've played, made, written some amazing songs and, and I, albums over the years. I prefer and that's great, to, you know, I'd, that's,
2: I'd rather celebrate the stuff I like about them than wallow right. in the
1: misery of the bad things. Exactly. There so, you go. That's the answer.
2: Speaking of misery, the next question Uh-oh. from Paul Wozniak, is another VV Vinnie Vincent episode in the works. Anything currently known, what he's up to, or where he is these days?
1: Well, I guess I leave that to you.
2: All right. We will do another episode, and I'm pretty sure it will be before the end of this year.
1: Will it be with Vinnie Vincent? No, of
2: Damn course it. not. Um,
1: he's coming on eventually. Damn it, I tell you, he's coming on.
2: There's going to be an interview with someone who, I'll just say he's involved with uh, instruments, and that's it. Uh, that's, but it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, interesting story, and I'll let him tell it. Um, you he's, are a tease. He's agreed to Look come you, on. I love teasing. doing that. It's fun. Jeez driving you all crazy yeah i don't even to know is going on yeah but pe- <laughs> but people were pissed at you last week for the whole um sweet pain thing really yeah yeah i even re- i went to the thing at the rock and roll residency down here at dan mcginnis and david this guy i know who's a listener to the show he was like you guys had me mad as hell when you started playing sweet pain and i was like, and then when i when i heard you you know had mentioned you guys were doing it as a goof after the song i was calm down. He's like, like, but I was like screaming at my iPod, going, damn it, you guys know that's not Ace. (laughs) Gotcha. One and all. So I'll I'll be a tease, because you did that last week. Okay,
1: that's cool. I Um, didn't know I was disrupting lives with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: you really (laughs) pissed some people off. But uh, um, Vinny, as far as I know, um, is sending out t-shirts to people that have ordered them signed, and he is delivering on those products, and that's a good first step. Um, Nothing that I've heard about music at all. Um, I did talk to Mark Slaughter about him recently when we saw him. Mark Slaughter was a cool dude. Was very nice. Really um, nice. Has agreed to come on the show and has agreed to, to uh, discuss his time with the invasion. Yeah, we're in talking a, about in maybe a doing a special way. We're gonna, yeah. We're talking about doing like an album's unleashed about sure. uh, all systems go. How cool would that? So be? hopefully he'll he'll be he'll follow through and he will come on with us for that. Um, but yeah, there is a there will be another Vinny Vincent episode and if. If the person coming on shares his full story and doesn't hold back, it's going to be one of the most thought-provoking ones you've heard. Wow. And it goes up to over the past couple of years. So
1: you are the biggest tease in the world. That's awesome. I oh. can't wait for that.
2: And I also heard that Vinny's home is in pre-foreclosure right now.
1: The one here in Smyrna? Smyrna. Yeah. yeah.
2: So maybe I'll take a tour. Yeah, you should. That'd be awesome. And take pictures and be a real psycho. Um, go buy it. So, yeah, Paul, see, you're going to get me in trouble. Go
1: buy it. You could we record the desk from the Vinnie Vincent the studios. ultimate piece
2: of Vinnie Vincent memorabilia his, <laughs> his house,
1: house.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
1: oh, oh man no. we can't do shows like this anymore it's too much on my heart yeah I'll buy that right before
2: Woo. I get the divorce um wow okay let's see oh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: How are we doing on time?
1: Oh man!
2: Okay, I think with this time, is too much fun. I think it's time for another break, and we have a few more questions oh, we'll get man. to, uh, and we'll
0: be right back. Regain my composure. Hi, I'm Gene Simmons, and I'm the owner of Simmons Lumberyard. Thirty years ago, while recovering from a long night at a Holiday Inn in Bumblefuck, Arkansas, I had an idea. While disposing of a sticky trash, I noted the poor quality of my coffee table. There was no strength to the piece. The table, that is. People shouldn't have to suffer from bad wood. In short, I wanted the best, and today, I'm giving it to you. At Simmons Lumberyard, we've got wood for you. All types, including lodgepole pine, jack pine, redwood, buckeye, butternut, flooded gum, black butt chestnut, sourwood, bald cypress, and others that also work well as double entendres. So come on down to Simmons Lumberyard where we've been putting logs and fireplaces since 1984. Ow! Take your support of the show to the next level. Head over to decibelgeek.com and click on the Amazon link the next time you go shopping. A percentage of your purchase goes back into supporting the show. Not shopping? Click on the donate button and tip your DJs.
1: Okay, we are definitely in the home stretch here at the Decibel Geek Podcast, and sadly, oh man, this is this is always a sad time of year for me because we're coming to the end of Christmas in July. Yeah, but you know we're going to do plenty of
2: KISS-related stuff the rest of the
1: year anyway. I know, but still, <laughs> Kissmas in July is special. you know. And this has been a lot of fun today, but I'm still a little bummed out that it's coming to an end.
2: I want to um, thank a lot of the KISS-related podcasts that have helped spread the word about these shows we've done. There's a lot of good ones out there, and that those guys can take care of you guys the rest of the year. You know, yeah. If you need to get your KISS fixed, I just want to give a shout-out to some of them. As I mentioned, Podcast Rock City. Of course, there are friends at Podcast who I contribute to. Ken Mills is the man He is Yeah he is uh, Especially as Gene Simmons impersonation As you've heard (laughs) twice in this episode (laughs) Go to Simmons Lumberyard They're our sponsor this week Um, Cassius with Creatures of the Net Matt uh, Porter with the Kiss Room Yeah Uh, The guys from Kissery Science Theater want to have a beer with those guys one of these days Um, There's so many Uh, Jody with the Strange Ways Podcast There's a, a bunch of great ones watching you I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody.
1: <laughs> um, they have Kissmas in July all year long. All year
2: long. So you know, if, if you need to get your kiss fixed, keep listening to us, of course, because we're always going to do Kiss related stuff too. But those guys take care of you the rest of the year while we're not doing Kiss stuff. And uh, one other guy who did a recent uh, Kiss related thing is our friend BJ, who writes for our site uh, and I also hosts Rock and or Roll podcast. He is really he's the king
1: of Kissmas in July. He
2: really is. We have to give a, a definite moment of thanks to him because yeah, he's year. worked his ass off this yeah. month.
1: Every year we try to do something special at the uh, official website, www.decibelgeek.com. Last year we did the uh, World Series of Kiss, and this year... The main attraction has been six degrees of kiss. And, man, when he put out the challenge, the people came out with some tough ones. They came out with some cool ones, like he did The Doors and Typo Negative and uh, Disneyland After Dark. Those were really neat. But the ones that the people— Some oddball ones. They really, really challenged them. I'm talking about, like, Tom Jones and— Genesis and mm-hmm. Hall and Oates, crowded house. How do you how do you do that? He well, did it. He did it, you know. <laughs> Sheena Easton, Bill Haley in the comets. Yeah. Elvis Costello. I thought, how can this be? They're all connected you know? to KISS. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. I well, a, saw that one yesterday. That one blew my mind. It's like <laughs> how in the world does he do it? But he does. And there was even someone there I've never even heard of. Yeah, there was like like Baltimore to do or it.
2: something. Yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of groups that no one ever would con- connect to KISS and he's found a way to and do it. And
1: here's an insider for you. He's saving our challenges for the very last oh is he yeah
2: okay well cool
1: so we got ours coming up and ours are typical of us when, once you we're not going to spoil it now i'll tease too. oh yeah
2: i know one of them i'll tease okay. too yeah so i remember now so
1: when when it comes out you'll be like oh yeah those are totally chris <laughs> and aaron's you know yeah, challenge mine especially <laughs> if you listen to this show for a while uh, but they're going to be good but i yeah. i you know if he can connect tiny tim he can connect anybody yeah that was kids. a good one so and, and so they're all different and they're all so creative and every time he nails
2: it and so, uh, Gotta love it. so we got a few more questions, and BJ's got the next question. Okay. Um, he says, was the farewell tour real, ever really a farewell tour from Gene and Paul's point of view, or were they just lying to sell tickets? And since Ace Fraley's last tour was the farewell tour, can, can you even say he left the band? The fact that the band continued after the fa- farewell tour without Ace, is that fair? Well, a lot of kiss apologists like to say Ace blew it, or Ace quit, or Paul and Gene got rid of Ace. But in reality, Ace stopped after the farewell tour, and wasn't that perfe- perfectly reasonable and honest? I got to agree with that 100%. Yeah. I mean, you know, when
1: they went out on that farewell tour, we didn't know it was going to end up just being the farewell of Ace Fraley tour. you right. know. Right, yeah, because Peter came back for the next one. Yeah, you know, so, you know, that kind of answers the question right there. You know, Peter came back for it. There was no intention of that actually being it, the farewell tour in anybody's mind except Ace Fraley.
2: I th- yeah, I think uh, Paul and Gene maybe just used it as a ploy to sell tickets. I don't know. Because
1: Ace has even come out and said, you know, that's, that. I mean, what do you mean? I It was right. the farewell tour when the tour was over, so I, that's it. And he know? was that's ready to, to, I be. think
2: he was ready to be done playing with Kiss.
1: Yeah, because even all during that time, especially tur- towards the end, you know, the people said, well, what do you do after the farewell tour? He and had Ace, a lot of Ace plans. Ace would always say, you know, I've got my own band, yeah. I've got my own songs, you know, stuff yep. I really want to work on, stuff I really want to work out and get out on an album, you know. Yeah. So he was even before the end, even he before he Left, he knew, you know, he accepted the fact that that was the farewell tour. Right. But you know what? How many other bands have said, you know, this is the farewell tour, and it's not. You right. know, Kiss is it's is a, a list among many. But you know, like BJ said, you know, and again, I'm an Ace fraley guy. yeah I might be a little biased, but it's. But I it's mean, farewell I, tour. That should be the end.
2: I support that the band's still together today. I, I think do too. I, I think that you've got the best of both worlds because Ace just put out a new record and yeah. Kiss just put out a new record, or you know, a couple years ago put out Monster. And I like Monster. Yeah, I liked them both. You know, so it, it's the funny thing is there's all these factions in the army now where you got people that have to be Paul, Paul and Jean people. People right. that have to be A- like, why do you have to be? You don't have to. I be like Ace. I like Tommy Thayer. I like yeah. both of them. I like Mark St. John. Yeah. I like Vinnie Vincent. Yeah, you do. I'm going to own his house. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, uh <laughs> Oh, man. But uh, no, I. There's nothing wrong with liking all eras of the band. No. But there's like there's this now there's like this big political thing going on within the fan base and it's really weird. Right, yeah. There's even even Facebook
1: pages out there that are real sticklers oh, well. about it. You know, this is just these guys and not those guys. Right. You know, and if Which, you're you're gonna post something on this group page, you yeah. better be about, you know,
2: this guy, this guy, this guy and this guy, but not that guy or that guy. Right. But I mean it's, you know, and so that's fine. It's, it is what it but is. I'm okay if you like a certain lineup and that's it. But when you start trashing other people for liking right. other lineups, that's a pro- I have a problem with that. Sure, because it's all Kiss. That's the funny thing is, like we went from all being in the Kiss Army and defending we Kiss. Are one. Oh God! Don't sing that. <laughs> Horrible album. Um, we,
1: we go from that the, was the beginning of the end, right there. Yeah, that no. was the, the that was the the cracks of the beginning of the Kiss wars, pretty much.
2: But I mean, it goes from being you grow up being a fan, especially like in the '80s, and you're defending Kiss against all these people that talk about how much they suck, and right. and you love them and, and everything. But now we fight each other. Yeah, so why? now we're now we're fighting amongst each other. It's wrong. Why
1: why people? Why are we fighting amongst each other together? Aren't we the Kiss Army? Aren't we together strong? Isn't that what it's all about? Why are we fighting each other? It's not right.
2: We need an Aaron Camaro, Newt Rockney speech. Yeah. Newt spelled with a K. With a K. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Okay. Um, all right. Let's get off our soapbox. Um, Seriously, So, So, though. BJ, I agree with you. I think Aaron does, too. Um, yeah. Ace was totally within his rights to just say, I'm done. And they really should have called, called it. farewell tour. They really should have called it the farewell
1: to Ace really tour. They probably well. sold just main tickets. <laughs>
2: I wish they would all shut up and quit bashing each other. Yeah. Just focus on what you're good at and what you... It like, if you say, why aren't Ace and Peter in the band anymore? Just say, look, we had many great years with Ace and Peter in the band. Things don't work out. We're proud of the lineup we have today. How hard is it to say that rather than, those guys were losers and they're crackheads yeah. and, and, like, all that shit? And then Ace is doing the same thing now too, right? Saying Kiss and Def Leppard aren't going to sell any tickets because I'm not there. No, Ace, they're still going to sell tickets. Did he really tickets. say yes, that? No, that ain't. I yeah. blow Tommy Thayer right off the stage. It's like, come on, now he's well, doing the same thing.
1: Yeah, you, you, they're goading each other into stuff, you know. The
2: high road is not in any of these guys' vocabulary. It's not. No. So they're acting like children. Gets you plenty of shares off the old blabber malt, though. Oh I guess. yeah, <laughs> it gets headlines.
1: Okay, so... So was um, that the one where I was supposed to say about Ace Frehley's new album and Paul and Gene saying... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, if they say he can't play this album coming out, what, in a week? We'll show yeah, everybody. soon. That Ace Frehley really can freaking still play. I think he
2: play. plays really good on the album. I, you know, I think it's what you would hope for out of an Ace album.
1: So I don't expect to hear any of that kind of talk out of the Gene and Paul camp anytime soon.
2: I'm going to – this is a combined question. Jason Funk, the first question was, would KISS be around today if the reunion never happened? And then he also says, Carnival of Souls is one of my favorites. If it had a chance to stay on its own, would have been better received. What would a Carnival of Souls tour have been like? If they would continued with Carnival of Souls, reunion doesn't happen, do you think they'd still be around today?
1: Hmm. Boy, that's a tough one, man. Um, I want to say yes because, you know, there's still so many KISS fans – and and still today the there first still the first question would have been you know when are you guys putting the makeup back on right you know but in, i think there still would have been money to be, be made there still would have been fans to satisfy and carnival of souls was a really good follow-up to revenge what? you know a really good follow-up they took all the best elements of revenge and carried it into carnival of souls in my opinion which i guess jason agrees with
2: that and uh yeah I mean I don't think they commitment be. with a K man that's what we're talking <laughs> they' probably here. I think they'd be doing theaters. I don't think they'd be playing arenas. they're no. too stubborn to give up, yeah, it, but they, I think yeah. they'd still be around in some form or not they'd still be doing tours. but the the
1: reunion was inevitable, it was bound to happen. Well
2: yeah,' it's a, it's, it's a hard question to answer because it, it really it, if was, it, it was going to happen either way. If it didn't happen even in 2014,
1: if it hadn't happened yet, it would somehow be coming together now, you yeah. know it was inevitable. it had to happen. I agree. I th- it it was a great theoretical or theoretical question.
2: <laughs> Big words <laughs>
3: like
1: gymnasium.
2: Can't uh, pronounce that either. Okay, J- Jody Havnot of the Strange Ways Podcast wants to know what's our favorite bootleg video. Oh man,
3: I'm there's a lot have of to, them.
1: I got to go with Houston 77. Really? Yeah, because that was just one that I had when I was a kid and, and watched it to death. You know, I don't know if that's like the the typical one, if that's the standard one that everybody had, or it was not, a popular but, one. You know, that was that
2: was the one I had. Mine was, uh, I'd have to just going off. It's well, it's either Winterland '75 or Cobo um, yeah. Hall early '76. Yeah, those early one of the ones second are really night, awesome. Yeah, the, I'm gonna go with Cobo Hall. Because that was that's Kiss in their rawest, purest form. It's hard to think of these as bootlegs anymore when you yeah. can just go on YouTube and,
1: and watch them anytime right. you want to. You know, But back then, you were Oh, you those were, were magical yeah. when you got to see them when you were a kid. Yeah, you, know? you were lucky to get your hands on something like that and then just okay. sit down and pop it in the VHS player for the first time and just be like, wow, here's something I never got to see.
2: Okay, here's another one. Best Gene movie. <sighs> Is that possible?
1: Um, I, w- I like Trick or Treat, but he only made a cameo in it.
2: I'd have to say Runaway.
1: Yeah, I guess I'd have to agree with Runaway too, as his best the movie. As far as him starring in a movie, definitely
2: not. Never too young to die. No, I don't need to see Gene dressed as a woman ever. I'm definitely
1: gonna go with Runaway.
2: Yeah, Um, most overrated and underrated album. Um underrated I'd have to
1: say Carnival of Souls because it doesn't seem like that many Kiss fans really appreciate that one and I think that they should to me that was a a Kiss it wasn't a Kiss grunge album it was a Kiss hard really heavy almost metal album mm-hmm. you know and I appreciated that at a time when you know like I'd, I've said before Kiss coming out of the 80s there was a lot of you know oh forever boy those guys yeah. really rock you know and you're hearing that from metallica fans and guns right. and roses fans and stuff and then when revenge came out and unholy was was the song you know right. it's like you suckers you know listen to this you right. know what about that huh you yeah. know and no one could say nothing about it and same thing would have been with carnival of souls but put on hate yeah but nobody heard it
2: yeah what about uh, what's the most overrated album
1: Boy, that's tough. Overrated.
2: I've got my answers ready for both.
1: What could be What could be considered overrated with Kiss? I guess. I guess Destroyer. Yeah. I mean, it's the Me most highest rated Kiss album other than the I, live it's ones.
2: Undeserving of that praise in my and opinion. And
1: actually, I really prefer Rock and Roll Over, oh, and I prefer Dress more. to Kill, and I prefer yep. Hotter than I definitely prefer Hotter I, than Hell.
2: I I appreciate Destroyer for it being elite production wise because Ezrin made them sound much better. Yeah. Um. But it's—I don't think it's that gr- the greatest collection of songs.
1: No, I think the songs on Hotter Than Hell, collection-wise, really kind of yeah, blow it away. Hotter
2: Than Hell with the production of Destroyer would have been an amazing. Yeah,
1: record. probably the greatest of all time. So yeah,
2: Destroyer's my overrated, my underrated one is Asylum. Yeah, I think that's a very underrated album. There's, There's a lot of good songs, songs on there, album. and people—I think it's hard to look past and the, the cover. goofy
1: image <laughs> and the co- yeah, the cover really.
2: Yeah, people hate that cover. It's a kind of—it's a crappy cover. Okay, so Joseph Ciambelli wants to know, let's see, we already answered that, best or worst post-kiss solo album?
1: Mm. I'd say the best one, probably Space Invader.
2: Oh really? Yeah,
1: I think so. And the worst one, I'd have to give it to that last Peter Chris album that came oh, out. Oh, good lord! Because it was really freaking was bad. Was one for all that was? Called? Yeah, that all for sucked. one or something like that. Yeah, it was so bad. It was so out of tune. So we got Space Invader now. Where the hell is the Rock Peter Chris rock and roll album that's you been know, promised us for so many years? And
2: he talked about like he was saying that he was tracking stuff with John Five, and somebody asked John Five recently about it. He's like, "No, Peter hasn't sent me anything." Jeez. So I don't think it's happening.
1: It should I think That'd Peter, be great That'd I would be great Peter's, for Peter To work with John 5 I'd love
2: to hear it But I don't think It's going to happen My My favorite po- Well Vinnie Vincent Invasion yeah. That's my favorite Which one. one The first one The first one Yeah with Robert I Fleishman. like all System Go But I like the one With Fleischman better Yeah Yeah that's the best one In my opinion Um, Favorite video Slash DVD put out By the band
1: oh man i mean at the the time exposed was like the greatest (sighs) thing i ever seen but looking back on it it's all so goofy it's like how did i believe any of this was real how did i ever as a kid believe that they actually lived in a place (laughs) like that and that's how and that's how their lives really were you know as a kid watching if only they yeah they they totally suckered me in with that because that's what they were trying to do make young kids think that they were still you know larger than life and
2: <laughs> and Gene, it worked. Gene wore white pants
1: and switched the heads around yeah. and all that stuff. I would um, say extreme close up. Extreme close up. That was, was my pretty favorite. Cool. But wasn't a there a little bit of Ace and Peter bashing going on? There was one too?
2: There was. You know? but it, I it. It had so many clips I had never seen before. Otherwise, you know, other than that,
1: I'd have to go with the entire Kissology. You know, yeah, that's great. That pretty much covers it all. The
2: one that I watched more than any other, and I rented it every weekend, was Animalize Live Uncensored. Yeah, I actually, watched it constantly.
1: Funny, ironically, I had a somebody else. You know, we set up the double VCRs and hit play on the one and hit record on the other, and I had a. a like a i guess a bootleg a a copy vhs tape of that animalized live uncensored and i just found it the other day it's the same exact one i had as a kid with my little kid handwriting on it saying the names of the songs and the listing and the stupid sticker i put on the front and tried to draw animalized live uncensored all cool on it (laughs) and i found that and i was like man if i had a dollar for every time i watched this as a kid i'd be probably
2: a thousand dollars richer maybe that's crazy All right, so we got like three more people, and they submitted multiple questions, so I'm going to try to get to each one. Okay, rapid fire. Okay, TDK Holland asks, isn't it time to quit for Kiss? I think no. No. I don't think so either, as long as there's still a
1: demand for them, which there
2: is. There is. You know, as long as they've got a giant spider they have to feed and support, then they need to go out there and earn that giant robot spider food. I think some kiss is better than no kiss.
1: Exactly. I agree the same way. Will
2: they ever release Kissology 4? I gotta hope so.
1: I hope so, too. And why wouldn't they? They should.
2: What will the content be? I think probably mostly current lineup stuff. Yeah,
1: it would be from kind of where the last one ended and onward, I suppose. (laughs) There will be some. It would still be
2: great to see. They'll do some old school goodies, though, for the old school fans. I'm sure yeah they always do that
1: to get them to buy it I wonder if anybody was filming Ace Fraley Tommy Thayer fist fight can they put that in that would be funny
2: (laughs) um let's see Derek Novak wants to know what what are the worst kiss songs um we were just talking with our good friend
1: um um uh shit we were talking on the emails Oh, Tom Harper. Oh, Tom Harper. You're yeah, I right. he's thinking T. And Mitch LaFon, actually. We were talking with Tom Harper and Mitch LaFon about the worst Kiss songs, and I said Beth. And for yeah, the reason I being disagree. that when I was a kid, you know, you'd say, my favorite band is Kiss. And, and I'd be like, ha ha, Beth. You know, Beth, here you calling? Pussies. Yeah. And we're like, assholes. That's why I don't like Beth.
2: Uh, read My Body, Boomerang.
1: I like Boomerang. I don't like Read My Body.
2: Um,. Loves a deadly weapon. I should let Bruce sing. Murder in I... high heels. Worst kiss song ever written.
1: I don't think so. That
2: song sucks ass.
1: There's worse than that.
2: Uh, I am just a boy. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's
1: really bad.
2: Most of yeah, a lot of the Elder I don't like. Um, some stuff on Unmasked I don't like.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm glad the good way way outweighs the bad. Yeah, for the kiss. most part.
2: Um, best song with Peter Chris's vocal. Hooligan, I think. I go with Black Diamond.
1: Oh, yeah, Black Diamond. I think
2: Black Diamond's one of the greatest songs I ever wrote.
1: Yeah, Black Diamond for sure. And Peter's perfect know. to sing it. Um, nothing to Lose is good with Peter. Yeah. And uh, I like Dirty Living.
2: I like Dirty Baby Living's Driver, a but a lot of yeah, people Baby don't. Yeah, Baby Driver's a good song. Um, but,
1: yeah, definitely Black Diamond.
2: Best Ace vocal.
1: Ever or Just In Kiss? I guess Just In Kiss. Just In Kiss, not solo album. Um, hmm. I guess I go with Rocket Ride.
2: That's a good one.
1: His vocals on Dark Light were okay, I guess.
2: Yeah, I. Yeah, pro- yeah, I guess okay. I'd go with Rocket
1: Ride.
3: Yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess go would Rocket Ride. And the last Sounds one good.
2: is um, David Alpazar, who actually just came on board as a writer for us. So welcome, David. Welcome. Uh, he had the same kind of like defending Kiss. He mentioned as a lifelong as lifelong Kiss fans, we've all had to do it. Mm-hmm. It's virtually impossible to have a music discussion that includes Kiss without musical elitists of the group ripping them five ways to Friday. Kiss fans are all are. Uh, kiss fans are always put on the defensive right out of the gate i hear all the time for example i don't like rush but i respect them never with kiss they're too polarizing
1: yeah you know what and i've said this all along it takes a special kind of person to be a kiss fan you've got to have that dedication you've got to have that commitment spelled with a k you know because (laughs) people are going to give you shit about it but you know what that's what makes us special that's why we're kiss fans and they're not yeah. We're awesome. Screw them. You go listen to your Rush. You go listen to your your well, I mean I like Rush. Go listen to Yes. Yeah, like you know, too. go Ugh. go listen to stuff no. like go listen to some Genesis. <laughs> go listen to some Crowded House or something. Yeah. But leave us alone, you know. Don't don't look down your noses at us because we're Kiss fans. Yeah. We understand something that you can't. Well,
2: it's a, the the makeup and the gimmickry was a was a blessing and a curse because it was a blessing because it it's awesome. It made them a band that, like no one else. Right. But it's a curse because so many people can't see past it and actually look at the music that they put out. Right. I mean, it'd be a different, whole different conversation if they'd have never made anything of
1: themselves. And they said, there, now you know it was stupid. You right. know, we showed you. But wait a minute. All these years later, they're in the uh, prestigious Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They've sold all these albums all over the world. They've mm-hmm. had tours that have gone on and on and on for years. You know, it seems like nonstop one ends, the next one starts. You know, in the day and age where there's only two original members, they're they're just as popular today as they've been in a long time. Yeah. And, you know, the, the other guys are still out there doing stuff, except for Peter Chris. Where's that damn rock album? <laughs> um, and you know what? Just screw those guys, you know? Yeah. We're special. We're Kiss fans. We get it. You don't. I think that's a good
2: note to go out on. Yeah, um, that's it. Kiss in July. We get it you don't. Yeah, so you know, those of you that are Kiss fans that have come on board this year, you know, during this month we hope you'll stick with us and check us out. We put out an episode every week. Yeah, because the funny thing is, is that when we had this uh, cancellation that was
1: supposed to be this week's episode. Yeah. Chris kind of panicked a little bit and put the word out there to all these people within the <laughs> You're Kiss world. Tell them that, this yeah, yeah. Well, I won't say who, but all the all we have the, more interviews coming. I'll yeah, say yeah, because all of a sudden they all came back and said, "Oh man, we'd love to do Desperate right. Week podcast." And so now we've got we've all got these at least
2: three people that are going to be coming on that so. are all
1: going to be really good. We can't pass it up. You no, know, we're not a Kiss show. You know, every week of the year, but we, we'll
2: mention them every week of the year. Though. Right. You know, that's our thing.
1: Yeah. That's what we do. So we'll, we'll still have more KISS stuff. But, you know, for the people that have been waiting this whole time, the ones that do listen to the show that aren't KISS fans have been waiting patiently the return of Anthrax, part two, yeah. next week. So that's good stuff, too. Yeah, that'll be
2: a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, those, those of you that have jumped on board, hope you'll keep listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. And goodbye, but it's only for now.